And welcome back to another edition of HW Full Circle. As always, I'm your host, Jack Smith, here with my good friend, Steve Ferrari. This is the show where we talk about whatever we want, whenever we want, however we want. Home of the Metro Report, some around the NHL news, and we bring it all full circle back to your Philadelphia Flyers. So with that, Steve, how was your Christmas? Christmas was great, man. We got uh, got to spend some time with both our families, a um, little relaxing. I've got off from work for the next uh, week or so, so uh, no complaints here. How about yourself? It was a little rough with having the old COVID. Uh, I mean, I personally felt fine. I just couldn't see anybody. Yeah, <laughs> Even the wife, we had to keep our distance, wear masks, sanitize everything we breathed on or touched. She doesn't even have it, but got to be extra careful because she's pregnant. It was interesting. Um, the good news is my uh, to-be son got all sorts of flyer stuff, so that's cool. Very nice. Start him out <laughs> uh, on the right path. He has no choice. I will not <laughs> even give him the choice. He can pick any of the other sports if he wants to be different, but definitely not the flyers. There you um, go. So before we get into it this week, guys, just want to remind you, as you may know, HW Radio has teamed up with Manscaped. Manscaped is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. With the redesigned electric trimmer, the Manscaped team has perfected the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created. And they've just released a new and improved lawnmower 3.0. The premium battery will last up to 90 minutes so you can shave longer. The waterproof technology allows you to groom in the shower. One of the coolest features is the LED light which illuminates grooming areas for a closer and more precise trimming. And let's not forget about that charging stand. Show off your mower loud and proud because the intelligently designed stand is a convenient charging dock powered by USB. You need to experience this precision firsthand. Let's get that bush to tush clean. Get 20% off and free shipping by using the promo code HW at Manscaped.com. Make your testies their besties. Your bulls will thank you for it. All right, that's always a blast. Uh, So, finally, some news. Some... uh, Pretty good news. Hockey is back. A um, c- couple of key dates we'll get into. Uh, January 3rd, uh, the Flyers will begin and open their training camp. Training camp is reportedly scheduled to take place at the Flyer Skate Zone located in Voorhees, New Jersey, as usual. Strict COVID-19 protocols that are mandated by the league are to be put in place. Teams that did not make the 2020 postseason are allowed to open their camps on December 31st. Did not know that, nor why that would matter. Um, Other than that, we know that the Flyers will kick off their season at home against the Pittsburgh Penguins Wednesday, January 13th, 2021. Uh, And then they'll play them again on Friday, also at home. A couple of other key dates uh, for this 2021 season, which is 56 games we now know. But April 12th, I believe, um, is the trade deadline. The end of the regular season will be May 8th. And let's not forget about that expansion draft, which we'll definitely talk about more in the future as we get closer to it. That'll be July 21st. The NHL draft will be shortly after that, July 23rd and 24th. And the free agent frenzy will begin July 28th. So if all things go according to plan, we can have a regular season next year because really the offseason has only been pushed back a month, it seems. Yeah, I mean, I I think the NHL is doing a a really good job. It looked like we were getting into the uh, 11th hour there with the the agreement between the players and the owners and really getting this thing going. But 
um, by all accounts, we're uh, we're ready to hit the ground running. And it, it seems like next season will be as close to normal um, as we're we're going to get right now. So um, hats off to the NHL and the players and really figuring this thing out. And it, it, it seems like we're set up for, for a sprint here. You can't stumble out of the gate and you got to be ready to go. And with a lot of back to backs and playing the same teams over and over, some of these games are going to be a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, and it's a good point that you can't get behind because we have a very tough division. I'm already seeing certain outlets uh, discuss where they think everybody's going to finish. And Flyers, I'm seeing four or five, and I'm kind of like, geez. Like, I know we lost Niskanen. I know there's a couple of issues, but they were a much better team than Niskanen. Um, Penguins, I don't know how they can be ranked, but I guess because they still got Crosby and Malkin, I guess. But Malkin seems like a shell of his former self. I'm sure he'll pick it up, but they've lost. The only good subtraction they made was Jack Johnson, but they traded Hornquist. Like we're gonna get into Pittsburgh. I don't want to get too into it, but this guy was like a Devils fan. I saw making these things, and he put his own team last, which was smart of him. But like. <laughs> I just seen Flyers at five. I'm like, these guys should really be like, why is Washington so special? That we will get into today. That is our deep dive today. Um, but you know, Boston's up there. We did touch on them on Tuesday on our regular show about what, how they may have fallen off. We did our deep dive or our one season deep dive last week. They're not as formidable. Um, the Islanders don't seem much different, but. I don't know. It has irked me a little bit how the Flyers were already being written off. And if you remember, they were written off last year, too, after the big offseason. They were like a, a bubble playoff team, if that, uh, depending on who the outlet was. Um, so just um, I mean, your that, thoughts on the uh, – yeah, go ahead. I don't see how you can rate them fourth or fifth in, uh, out of the eight teams. I mean – I'm going to take out New Jersey, obviously. The Rangers, I like where they're at. I don't know if they're quite there yet. Um, Buffalo, yeah, they signed Taylor Hall and they have Eichel, very nice players, but like, do they really scare you? So let's knock those three guys off. And then, like you said, Pittsburgh, I, I don't like to me, putting them up there is just saying yeah, that's a, a writer not doing their due, due, due diligence and just saying they have Crosby and Malkin. We got to put them in the top three no matter what. Um, Islanders, they're pesky. I, I still feel like at some point that lack of overall talent has to catch up with them. Um, maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. Maybe Trotz is just that good of a coach. But I mean, to me, to to leave the Flyers out of your top three and quite honestly, even your top two in this division, to me, is just kind of criminal. And Boston, I think, as we discussed last week or two weeks ago, excuse me, they're they're Boston in name only right now. Until I see what that back end looks like and Pasta and Marchand coming back, I mean, they might be out for the first month of the season and potentially more. I can't say Boston's going to win this division just because they're the Boston Bruins and they've been so good for the past few years. So to me, it's it's really anybody's division to win, but I think the Flyers have just as good a chance as any of these other teams in the in the in our new Eastern division. Yeah, and they're going to have to – and you're right about them – camp stumbling out of the gate i'm just not i do think it's the toughest division by far but i do think the flyers are easily why that division is as tough as it is it's not so much pittsburgh and washington anymore sure add in boston but they're having their issues much like we you know we lost niskin and they lost 
couple of guys. They lost Krug. They lost Chara. Um, they got they're kind of a top line team and a top power play. They do have the goaltending, um, and they ha- they have apparently according to the writers they have the coach. Um, <laughs> but you know like we're an I think we're a better all around team. I think our young guys we have legitimate young guys who are good looking to step up. I'm looking for guys like Faraby to step up. Frost can make the team. Nolan Patrick. And Limblom could legitimately be back for like a full season. That's gonna offensively anyway. That's gonna really mean something. Um, hey, I don't. You want to talk about? Up. Sorry, go ahead. Uh, no, I, I, was just, okay. I was just gonna add like they're they're not done like trying to fix this team. I doubt we've heard about the line in rumors. I don't think anything's gonna get done with that. Um, just because they're gonna want defense and we can't afford to give up defense. I have heard. Take it for what you will. The source. Um, it would be hockey buzz, but. A couple of teams that are talking to Sammy Vatnin, and I know he's a more of an offensive guy. Um, all the teams involved want to give him a one-year deal. It's like the Flyers, Edmonton. Uh, I thought I read Boston. I can't. Maybe one more team. Uh, New Jersey. No, no. New Jersey was in on Hoffman. Excuse me. So a couple of teams. He wants three years. They all are offering him one. Season's coming up real quick. There was. A, I mean, I thought I read there was a trade today. Uh, I believe Phoenix traded. Um, Derek, Derek Stefan to yep. uh, Ottawa for like a second, third or a second round pick. Second round pick. Yep. Second round pick. So yeah, it's starting. It's it's that's not like I, he's definitely diminished from how good he used to be, but it's not like a fourth liner was moved either. You know, it's it's something. He's got some money to his name as well. So mm-hmm. he, we could see some things happening here. I don't think our our full squad is ready to go. That goes to the same for Boston, but I think Washington is done. I think Pittsburgh is done. These are finished products. Um, so before we'll get into we'll get into that. I want to drag on it too much. Did you have something you wanted to add? Yeah, I mean, and I know the Flyers have been relatively quiet this offseason. They didn't really add a, a big name. But if you put Nolan Patrick and Oscar Limblom back in that lineup, it's it's hard to add a player of those two caliber. Now, Patrick is a, is a wild card. So maybe take that with a grain of salt. But adding a player like Limblom, what he was doing last year, I mean, if he's your free agent addition, um, quote unquote for for this season, it's hard to argue that for three million you could have gotten a better addition from the off season, considering what he went through, what he means to this team, and he already knows this team well, and and we saw that skill becoming unlocked last year. So to me, that's as good or better than any free agent addition they could have made. Uh, he's not Mike Hoffman, that that thirty goal guaranteed thirty goal scorer just yet. But, I mean, I'm pretty happy with what they've done if those two guys are back on the ice game one. Yeah, couldn't agree more. Um, and I'm getting excited to see him out there. I'm a little worried about the date, but, you know, we'll see what happens. Um, yeah. Speaking of the cap, though, as you brought it up, as we've seen, <laughs> uh, Tampa Bay, uh, they just are doing things. Uh, trying to, cap I don't know how cap wizards, this. Jack. Cap wizards. I mean, <laughs> It's amazing how bad of a cap situation they were in. And then just like that, oh, you know, the season ended for them back in August. Um, Kucherov is to miss. Now, did it, it It was the regular season, correct? Correct. The regular season, not the Convenient. full season, Convenient. the regular season. Just when they were in all sorts of cap trouble. Uh, he doesn't have the surgery done the second the season ends because that would screw them over. So if, if this isn't a perfect example of a team circumventing the cap, like where somebody should step in and be like, yeah, that's, that's BS. I don't know what is. Now, I, I guess the argument is Kucherov won't play, but 
he will play when it matters most. I mean, the first off, that team is in a pretty weak division, and they have more than enough other horses to get them into the playoffs. Then they're just going to add Kucherov. Like, come on, man. Like, this is a blatantly obvious abuse of the system, and they're just getting away with it. As one of the articles I read it was just Kucherov to miss regular season, cap issue solved. It's almost like <laughs> rubbed in your face. You know what I mean? That that one, uh, as soon as I saw it, I'm like, oh, man, he's going to miss the whole year. That's going to hurt. And then I'm like, wait a second, that lines up perfectly for them. So maybe there's something else going on here. But, I mean, no salary cap in the playoffs, gets enough time to recover. Yeah, he won't have any games under his belt to, for the playoffs, but he'll be practicing. And, and let's be honest, if you remove him from that Lightning team, they're still a playoff team. Um, it, they have the D, they have the goalie. You got Stamco seemingly healthy, and the, the other guys up front, Braden Point. Not, nobody's going to cry poor for them, but man, does it seem like a convenient turn of events for Kucherov at his $9.5 million to miss the entire regular season when they're in a salary cap crunch. So uh, a little convenient for my taste, but what are you going to do? I was talking about this with my cousin. And he was kind of like, well, it's, you know, I hear you, but it's kind of a credit to them for having, you know, so many good players. I'm like, well, yeah, other teams do that, too. You know what happens? They lose them to free agency because they can't afford to pay them. Like, that's my point here. They're getting around that. You know, clearly they should have lost. They're not going to lose Kucherov, but, like, they should have lost Sergeyev. They could have lost Cernak. They could have lost several different guys, you know. And now they're still looking into the trade market, which they should because I think they're still screwed next year. But (laughs) – you know, it's it's clear that they're going for it in the shorter season. They're circumventing the cap. They're taking advantage of a loophole. Um, you know what though? I've realized lately that uh, karma is a real thing, though. So maybe that'll maybe that'll bite them. Um, yeah, but it's clear and something should be like said at the very least. But I doubt anything would be said because it's the NHL. And if the Flyers did it, they'd be all over us. But hey, who am I? I'm not bitter or nothing. So yeah, clear BS on uh, Tampa Bay's. Um, perspective i guess um i just one even i can't blame them it's not like they did what houston the astros did or anything so true true uh but at the same time it's it's being rubbed in our faces and it's kind of like okay is anybody gonna no all right fine (laughs) whatever now now, if this caused them to miss the playoffs um that's one thing then you know what that's that's some karma but if you look at their roster the way they're built Barring a, a number of other injuries, I think they'll safely slide into that playoff spot. And then, I mean, even if they slid in as the four seed in their division, th- is that fair to the one seed? I mean, there, there's a lot of ramifications here of of him missing a whole regular season just for cap issues and then coming right back for the playoffs. Like, it, it feels it feels dirty. It also, when you consider that when they went balls to the wall two years ago and, like, broke records and got bounced in the first round – yeah, everybody wanted to give the, uh, Columbus all the credit in the world, and they do deserve a ton of credit. But the other side of the coin was that they, you know, were out of gas by the time that yeah. they got to the playoffs. And a team like Columbus, who plays a little heavier, definitely handled them. Um, last year, they stumbled out of the gate, or at least it seemed that way. They didn't really hit their stride till about mid-season, and then they took off, and it seemed like they were more refreshed. Now with the stoppage, they were, everybody was refreshed, so I guess it didn't really matter. Um, but this kind of plays into their hands. They do enough to make the playoffs, and then they turn it on in the play. Or they turn it on once they get to the playoffs. In addition to adding Kucherov, so it kind of fits their philosophy as well, which worked for them last year. And when you've seen them go all out, how it hasn't worked for them. So it's just 
I can't blame them. I just I see something being blatantly done and nobody's even saying anything. It's like okay, whatever then. We'll just because yeah, then because then you got to get into how legitimate are injuries then. Like if if a team is that bad up against it, well I got a back injury. Back is like one of the biggest mysteries in the world. They can't prove that. Yeah, you know some days I mean? it like, feels good, some days it doesn't. Exactly. Like what like can just take the Flyers for example. Say say we trade for Line A and we don't give up any real assets, some reason. So we're like right up against it with the cap. We'd send something back. And maybe we're even a little over or something. And we have somebody who makes a lot of money, you know, I'm trying to think of a player who makes maybe like okay, say Vorchek goes out with like a back injury. Yeah, because that's eight and a half eight and almost eight and a half million dollars. Yeah. Right? And he's and all of a sudden he's ready for the playoffs. Were they going to prove that he doesn't have he, his back injury is not legit? Good luck with that. You know what I mean? The back's a massive. Now I'm not saying Kucherov's injury is false. I'm saying they manipulated when his surgery got done or when he when he would be out. They knew what was going to happen, uh, and it just it just feels like BS. And I feel like any team, if they really wanted to, and they were really that much up against it, this is a bad precedent to be set. Because there's a lot of teams with a flat cap that are going to be up against it. And all the shadiness is going to start. And this one is kind of obvious. We kind of all saw it coming. But um, now that it's actually out there and it's been done, it's kind of like it's eye-opening. And uh, it makes it makes me angry, but I'm not, like, furious. Because, listen, if it's not against the rules, I can't penalize them. I just wish somebody would be like, okay, there's kind of an issue here. And I haven't heard a peep. So yeah. we'll see. Yeah, you, you wonder as the year goes on. Or, or even maybe early in the season, if it does get brought up, maybe you see one or two more guys hit that long-term injury. Um, but it's it's definitely puzzling to see it happen. Well, not really puzzling because we know what's happening, but it's uh, the timing screams uh, manipulation. Yeah. I mean, see it now. Oh, Drew's out. His uh, foot won't fit in his skate right. <laughs> you know, oh, okay. All right, well, he's out, clearly. LTIR, $8 million to do whatever you got to do. He'll, oh, now, look at his foot. His foot fit back in his skate right before the start of the playoffs. Isn't that amazing? A so, miraculous yeah, I, recovery. It's, yeah, I, it's a bad precedent, is my point, as I bitch and moan here. Uh, I know I'm getting <laughs> dramatic, but it's, I'm telling you, just keep an eye out. Just remember we said it. Um, so with that, we'll jump into our deep dive. I'm kind of excited. We're, we're starting to get to the meat of the division. We, we had gone over – uh, Carolina and the Devils and the Rangers and teams of that nature. And some of those teams are good. Some of the teams are going to be good. But now we're into a different style of team, a team that's still there, but in my opinion is starting to fall a little bit, and that is your Washington Capitals. Uh, they are owned by Monumental Sports and Entertainment with Ted Leonis as their chairman. Uh, their GM is Brian McLellan. And new head coach, one of their biggest offseason acquisitions when you consider their team, this is probably the best new thing they could have done, Peter Laviolette. Um, as far as you know, Steve, we, we think that they added Laviolette because he is going to just get every last ounce of anything off of this team because that's what he does. And it's also good for Ovechkin being on a one-year deal. He wasn't going to be happy with a coach who was going to, like, well, okay, we're going to focus on playing defense. He said, no, 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 we're going to go all out. We're going to try to win another cup, uh, and Ovi's going to be able to do whatever the hell he wants, and he's pretty good at it, so it's not like it's a big <laughs> deal there. Um, I think this was the perfect hiring. I hate it because I love LaViolette. And it, this, if, if there anything – when you look back and say what went right or wrong for a team – what went right, this will probably be the number one thing. won't be any signings they made. It would be Laviolette was just the perfect coach at the perfect time. And I just hate that signing because it was such a good move by Washington. So real quick, your thoughts on Laviolette. 
Yeah, I mean, you kind of touched on it, but he's there to squeeze every ounce of blood that's left in that stone that is the Washington Capitals. Um, they're getting older. Um, OV seems like he never ages. Um, that shot's still there. He still scores from the same spot on the power play. Somehow nobody can stop that. Um, but they're 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 getting to a, a a tough spot with their team. They've got a bunch of guys under long term deals making a lot of money. Um, and I think their window might be starting to close. And bringing in a guy like Laviolette lets your offensive talent really shine. And you're going to give up your share of goals. But with this team, you can you can live with it, with a, especially with a guy like John Carlson at the back end. And I think Lobby's really, really going to let this team play their game in a way that suits them the best. And this is this is just seeing if you can squeeze another Stanley Cup out of this core group of guys before you start having to shed those pieces for salary cap reasons. And then you're kind of in that weird rebuild. And, and I think it coincides perfectly with what Laviolette brings to the table as a coach. I, I think he can wear out his welcome. Um, we saw it in Philly. I think he's perfect for young guys that haven't yet been, let's say, established in the NHL. Um, or really cemented their place and getting those veteran guys back to what they want to do most, which is score goals. Um, so I think he's the perfect addition and it pains me so much to say it because I loved him in his time here. Um, but I think this was, if you want to look at any off season addition for any team player or coach, I'm going to look back and say, this is probably number one, as you touched on um, for any team looking back. So Great hire, um, scares the hell out of me, but we'll see what he can do with this team. Yep, and uh, just to get into it real quick, last year uh, they did finish with a record of 41-20-8 for 90 points. That's in 69 games. They finished first in the Metro. We all know that Flyers are going to run by them. Uh, the round-robin record was 1-1-1. <laughs> one, one, and one. They beat the Bruins. They lost to the Flyers, and they lost to the Lightning in a shootout for a total of three points. They went on to play the Islanders, and they lost that series 4-1. to one. I just want to touch on for everybody putting Washington and Pittsburgh ahead of the Flyers. Uh, Montreal beat Pittsburgh. Flyers beat Montreal. And Islanders beat Washington in, in uh, five games. Flyers took them to game seven. So I'm just pointing it out there. <laughs> and in my opinion, uh, both those teams lost a little bit. Uh, I do think Washington got a much better coach. I don't think Pittsburgh did much of anything. Um, they did finish the season with uh, 240 goals, 215 goals against. Um, and before we get into their prospects, we'll just go over some of their offseason moves. Um, they did add Connor Sheary for one year at 735,000. They did re-sign Brendan Dillon, who they traded for at midseason last year. He's uh, at, That's four years, $3.9 million per uh, they added Hendrick Lundqvist at one year, $1.5 million. Uh, Justin Schultz, two years, $4 million per. It was a little bit more than I expected, but he does come with some caliber. Uh, and they also put Trevor Van Riemsdyk as their seventh race defenseman at one year, $800,000. And we'll just jump right there into the offseason subtractions. The uh, biggest one there would be Braden Holpe, signed in Vancouver. Ilya Kolvachuk, who they added midseason, uh, signed in the KHL with the Vanguard. Omsk, I guess. Uh, and not very often do you see an addition and a subtraction on the same player, same list. That would be Hendrik Lundqvist. As I put retired, heart condition. I don't know if it's temporary or not, the retirement, not the heart condition. Um, 
So we'll see what happens with that. He was looking to be their their goalie. Um, as you reported, uh, breaking news right before we jumped on, it looks like Craig Anderson signed a tryout with them. Yeah, they signed him to a PTO earlier today. Um, I, honestly, I think that's a pretty good pretty good guy to bring in. They don't really have a whole lot of veteran depth behind uh, uh, Samsonov. And uh, Anderson's up there in age. But as a backup, I, I don't hate it. Um, you never know what he's got left, and there's really no risk with the PTO. So I think it's a good replacement for Lundqvist. And and if that works out, that, that could be a, a very under-the-radar addition for, for a veteran club like these guys. Do you have in front of you how old Craig Anderson is? I think he's 38. Okay, I thought he was like 41, so that's not too – He that's might not be. Thought. Um, I just know he was considerably older. Um, I mean, I know Lundqvist wasn't no spring trick chicken either. He's 30. Uh, so. He's 39. Anderson. Yep. Okay. So yeah, not bad, at least on a one year deal. So yeah, they also lost Racco Gudis to Florida. That was by no means a big loss. Um, <laughs> it said they have zero cast space. I don't know if that's uh, before or including the Lundquist signing and he hasn't been moved to LTIR or whatever they do with that. Cause if he retired, that money counts against the cap because of his age. So I, yeah, I don't he hit, know. He hit long term. He hit long term injury, and, and they're actually like slightly over um, the cap, but uh, I'm sure they have some shuffling that they can do, and and they still do need to add another goalie to the roster. So they're they're going to have to make a roster move somewhere to um, get under that cap limit. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. They got. They'll figure it out. But they're, the bulk of their team's basically here. Um, we'll look at. Um, let's let's jump back. Uh, let's go over their prospects because I want to I want to leave their starting rosters and get into how we think they're going to do this year because this is important for them this year. Uh, we'll jump back in the, their draft. Not much to talk about as they I couldn't for the life of me I could not find what they traded to jump up from 24 to 22. Uh, they traded the 80th overall pick, which would have been a uh, what a third round pick. Third rounder, yep. Yeah. So okay, so they traded their. 24th pick and a third round pick to jump from 24 to 22 to take Henrik Slapierre. We all know he was the guy with the, the I won't even say head issues. It's like head and spinal issues. Yeah, neck issues. Having, and neck issues and just a lot of red flags. But that being said, he definitely dropped in the draft. And if I'm Washington, you got to get the most boom for your buck as possible, especially with how old some of these guys are on this aging team. Um, so I can't hate it, you know, let him bake when he comes up great. I believe he already signed his, uh, entry level deal. I yep. thought I saw. Yeah. So hey, we'll see. He might even, depending on how good he is and how healthy he is, maybe he will see him sooner rather than later, but I definitely, there's a lot of risk involved, but I definitely like the, the pick. And, and I, I touched on it when we went over the, the Metro draft. Um, to me, this is the type of pick you make for a team like the Capitals. You, you can go safe. Um, you can take a guy that can make the NHL and be a role player with hopefully a little bit more upside. But LaPierre, if he doesn't have the injuries, he's arguably in the top 10, maybe even top seven. He he was that good. Um, Unfortunately, neck injuries are a little tough to predict, but um, I know the Capitals put him through the ringer as far as medicals go, and they said everything checks out. Um, He looks good now, and if you're taking that kind of risk, at least you're getting the reward of a a potential top line player. Um, I applaud them for this pick. 
because this is a guy that I think the the ceiling is or his ceiling is really it can go as high as as high as he can uh, as high as he makes it. Um, the risk is there, but I, I, to me, it's worth it, especially when you're picking in the 20s. If you can hit a home run like him and and he's a mainstay in your top six for years, that's you can't argue that one. Right. And um, I'm looking back at their their drafts and it seems for the most part, at least in more recently, they are a boomer bust first round pick team. Now, I've gone back like they, they pretty much built their team and in, in the uh, some key players were picked in the draft. Look back at their 08 draft. You know, they got John Carlson. They got Holtby in that draft. Um, they got Orloff in the next year's draft. They did add some other top players like uh, Marcus Johansson's not a bad player. They got he was a first round pick. They got Kuznetsov in 2010. Grubauer was also in that draft. Um, 2011 is a complete miss, but they didn't have any picks. They didn't have their first pick till f- the fourth round, and none of these names come to mind. Then we jump into the 2012 draft. They have a ton of picks. Uh, the, the top two names are Tom Wilson. And who was obviously with the team, but also Felipe Forsberg. We know what happened there for yeah. that horrible trade. Great pick, but terrible trade. Oh, Burakowski yeah. was good for them. Uh, Burakowski was good for them. Excuse me. He was He was traded to uh, Colorado. That was 2013, really the only name worth mentioning. 2014, Jake Verana. He's with the team. He's a pretty good player. I like that pick. He's 13th overall. Other than that, I'm not seeing any names. Uh, 2015 is they have four picks. Uh, Samsonov is their first. First round pick at 22. And other than that, there's three defensemen. None of them have seen the light of day from what any of us are concerned. Uh, 2016 is an interesting one. I'm not, I'm trying to remember who L. Johansson is, a defenseman, picked at 28. This is 2016 now. now I'm starting to see that this wasn't a very good draft because um, Flyers didn't look too good. Well, I guess the second round was better than the first round is one thing I'm seeing. Uh, but then none of these names from 2016 yeah, are worth there. mentioning. Again, 2017, they didn't draft until the fourth round. And T. Gressier, a defenseman, I think he may have seen some NHL time, barely, and nobody else is worth mentioning. Go to 2018. They had a first-round pick, number 31. A. Alexiev? Yep, Alexander Alexiev. So I'm trying to see if he is on there. So he's their third-ranked prospect right now. So that's not bad. He's still young. He's a defenseman. They could definitely we'll – get, we'll get more into him later. Um, Connor McMichael, I definitely like. He was 2019 first round pick. They don't have a whole lot of picks, uh, as you can see, but they were always going for it. So we'll jump off of that. We'll get into their prospects now. I'm starting to name some prospects. Um, went over their draft. We're going to give you the top eight because we did discuss um, some of their other guys in the system, mainly from newer years, uh, or this 2020 draft, I should say, rather. Um, so at number eight is a familiar name, believe it or not, and it's Daniel Sprong. He was a second-round pick back in 2015. He's 23 years old now. He's a left or right winger. I th- believe he was drafted by Pittsburgh. Yep, Pittsburgh. Yeah, and he's been traded around. Uh, Sprong's offensive skills make him an intriguing add to a depleted forward prospect pool. I should tell you something right there. The 23-year-old has shown he can score in bunches at the AHL level, but has hindered his NHL time with his underwhelming play on the defensive end. Uh, the only thing is not telling me here is whether he's like – I don't think Sprong's a Russian name, but I was curious to say. He is also has a reputation from his previous two stops, Pittsburgh and Anaheim, as being difficult to coach. Hopefully Washington and Hershey will help correct his shortcomings. Five years in the league now, I'd be surprised. Um, we'll move on to their number seven ranked prospect, Beck Malstein. 
Uh, he's 22-year-old left winger from the 2016 draft, a fifth-round pick. Uh, he will be in the mix for a bottom, bottom six position in Washington this fall. Well, this <laughs> this winter. After opening <laughs> eyes in training camp and having a good showing during his brief call-up to the Capitals earlier in this last season, he's projecting to be in there up for a future bottom six position with the Capitals if they have issues with their um, cap. I could see more of these young guys coming in, depending on what they do. Uh, former Capitals bench boss Todd Reardon loved him, which goes a long way. He's an elite shot blocker and a key component to the Hershey Bears penalty kill. Additionally, he provides a, le- a level of grit needed for any line. Oh, Jimmy and Kyle would love that. His physical <laughs> play is also next level, and he is also developing into a leader in Hershey. That's not bad for a fifth-round pick. Yeah, he's a he's a guy that'll step in. I mean, honestly, I think he could step in this year um, and he'd fit in and you would never know that he's a rookie because of the style of game he plays. Um, You put him on your fourth line, um, let him go out there, run around, hit a few people. And he's not going to really hurt you defensively. Um, He's not going to add a whole lot offensively. But I I think he's the guy that you bring up and and he's he helps with cap issues because he doesn't make money. Um, but he'll come in and he's really not going to hurt you. So I wouldn't be surprised if we saw him this year. Um, if not, I, I think he'll be in the caps lineup for 2022. Yeah. He's a heart and soul guy. I mean, I mean, I can't hate that having like a Lapierre on your bottom line. Like, I mean, Flyers fans love that. Uh, seems like he'll do whatever he's got to do to make the team better. Um, yeah, that's good. I mean, if he can hang at the NHL level, it's a very good fifth round pick for them. Um, We'll move on to their sixth-ranked uh, prospect. And Patek Vanacek, yeah, 20, 24-year-old goalie, 2014, second-round pick. Uh, they obviously drafted him the year before they took Samson off. He um, had a very good season with the Hershey Bears, and he won the 2020 AHL All-Star MVP. He had a slow start to the season, so his stats don't accurately reflect his current level of play, like Samson off from last season. Vanacek also spent time at the Capitals uh, summer training camp and was the number two netminder in the postseason due to an injury to Ilya Samsonov. He is definitely in the mix for a backup time in Washington this fall. I do think they see him as their backup, future backup. They just wanted one more season out of it, and uh, <laughs> that's a shame. Lundqvist would have really filled, filled that hole nicely. Ultimately, yeah. with how good Samsonov is, I, I don't see much here. Yeah, I, I think Vanacek is going to be your – uh, your backup goalie ideally it, uh, for a team like the caps he's your backup goalie for a few years you save some money at that position um samsonov will be up for a contract but this year because we're in such a strange year with all the back-to-backs and um teams have to carry three goalies i could see vanacek being on their quote-unquote taxi squad if if anderson were to be the uh, backup at the nhl level um, but he's going to see some time this year we know injuries and um, things like that always happen, but I, I wouldn't be surprised to see him start five to 10 games this season um, and really showcase kind of what he could do. And and maybe somewhere down the line, if if the Caps need to move someone, maybe they pair some salary. He could be a guy that goes back to another team. Yeah, and I could see them, yeah, reshuffling the deck and moving him if they have to, if Samson offs the real deal and it's up for him to get paid. Just another key cog or key trade piece for them. So we'll see. Uh, number fifth uh, ranked prospect is Brian Pinho, hmm. center, 24 years old, from the back from the 2013 draft. He was a sixth round pick. 
Um, he's a he's probably one of the biggest movers in the rankings, starting at probably around the the mid year mid year ranking. He's definitely jumped up to in, just sneaking into the top five. His game continu- continues to develop at a decent pace, and he is now a leading scorer at the AHL level. Uh, he had a quieter season last year until the final month. Since then, he's been on a tear with excellent showings in the Capitals Development Camp and Rookie Tournament in Nashville and Capitals Training Camp. He has shown next-level skills in several facets of the game this season. His reading plays extremely well and even contributed two shorthanded goals on the penalty kill. He is likely the Capitals' next forward call-up. That's saying something. Uh, he won top forward prospect honors in Capitals summer training camp by being the first forward prospect to be used in a postseason game in Toronto. Uh, his downside is his age. He's already 24 years old. He needs to have one more year like the year he had this season to definitely get a call. I mean, that's what happens when you draft a guy uh, in the sixth round. But, yeah, seven years technically, I don't want to say pro, but post-draft. Um, he he yeah, did I, get two two games in the playoffs this year. Uh, against the Islanders, um, he's he's a bottom six guy, kind of that back and forth type of player that you call up when you need a fill in. Um, but I don't know that there's anything there. I, I think he, to me, and, and you touched on it, where he's the one of the leading scorers in the AHL. Um, I think he's going to be that guy that puts up great AHL numbers, but it never translates to the NHL level. Um, I could be wrong, but that's kind of what I've seen in, his, in the little bit of his game. Um, I, I just don't know that his skill set translates to, to the NHL quite the way um, the numbers suggest in the lower levels. Yeah, he's a perfect taxi squad guy. I don't know if he's the, my first guy I call up, depending on what the rules are going to be, honestly. Um, but to, to hear he's their first forward call up, I guess they assume that's a bottom, maybe fourth line role. Probably. Yeah, not anything of note. Uh, so not bad for a six-round pick, though. I mean, I that's guess that's true. what you expect. A team that trades a lot of their draft picks and doesn't have the uh, numbers, like the quality, uh, quantity that the Flyers have, not bad. Um, their fourth-ranked prospect, Alessi, Aleski Protas, <laughs> 19-year-old center 20, from the 2019 draft, a third-round pick. Um after a scorching hot start to the season and an above average showing at World Juniors, his six foot six centerman cooled off quite a bit since returning from Europe. However, after watching, tracking, assessing more than 20 of his games this season, it's clear his projected upside remains significant. Enough to hang on to the number four spot of our ranking. His passing in the zone has improved significantly this season. Protoss did not participate in the uh, Capitol Summer Training Camp, which is unfortunate. However, he did secure a playing spot for the KHL. Diamino Minsk. It's spelled differently here because that's where Dynamo. Kovalchuk signed, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, no, he he was Amgard Omsk or uh, oh, Avgard Omsk. Right, but yeah, that's what got me. The Omsk. Omsk it's, it's Russian. Come on, man. Now maybe they'll play each other, which is already up and running and should be a good filler until the WHL season begins. He will be in Hershey for the 2021-22 season. Um, yeah, I guess they, there's no way he's coming up. That's fine. He's Plenty young at 19. Seems like they got a pretty good, solid third-round pick. When you look at a prospect pool like this compared to others, I feel like in better prospect pools, a couple of these guys are are more like their seven, eight guys, not their four or five. Uh, the guy can still be something. I'm just I'm seeing the difference from what I'm reading in quality. Yeah, you're and, getting you're getting your bottom six 
bottom pair defenseman in this pool as opposed to um, second line, potential first line, power play, penalty kill type guys. You're just it's a different caliber of player that they're they're showing. And I like Protoss. Um, I don't know if he's a I would say he's not a top six. I think he's like slides in as a third line center. Um, that's probably a ceiling. Uh, especially if you can give him a couple of good wingers to play with that might be able to put the puck in the back of the net. Um, but yeah, the, the quality of the eight to four just isn't the same as we're, we're used to seeing. Yeah. And I'm seeing these, where these guys are being taken and mostly it's a good mix of second and thirds with the occasional fifth or sixth, uh, round pick. And our next guy is our, in their prospect pool. I know a lot of guys go either get, you know, they trade the pick or go right to their team. But uh, Alexi, Alexi, um, excuse me, Alex, Alexi, I said it earlier and now I, I'm did. blanking. Alexiev. Alexiev, that's easy. I don't, I don't know. I blanked. Um, 20-year-old defenseman, first-round pick from the 2018 draft, last pick of the first round. It's fairly raw and will need a lot more t- development time before making a run at a blue line spot with the Capitals. He is still learning the game at the AHL level and was a healthy sketch on a, on a occasion this season. Alexiev uh, is still making quite a few errors in his own zone, particularly with his assignments and passing, but his projected upside is still very readily apparent in each and every game. He will eventually get there. He just needs time to continue learning at the learning the game at the pro level uh, and at least another year in Hershey. He spent a month with a big club for the Capitals' summer training camp and tri- trip to the Toronto bubble, which is very helpful in his development. It's unclear what his next step will be as the AHL has announced a delay in their season to begin the beginning of December. A KHL spot for a month or two would be ideal. I honestly haven't seen a whole lot of the guy. It was their first-round pick from when they won the Cup, and he, you know, sounds like he's going to play in the KHL. He's out of position in need, but he's already ranked as a number three prospect considering he was almost a second-round pick. Not not too bad. So I'm assuming uh, we'll see him soon. Yeah, I think he did have a injury in 18-19, and then he got a concussion in a rookie tournament last year. Um, I think that's – to me, he'd probably be number two on this list if it wasn't for those uh, uh, ahead of the next guy. But I think he's your – if he develops, he's a top four D-man. Um, he's a good puck mover, and, and he could probably play on the power play as well. But um, he just – Really, I think he, the biggest thing for him is having a healthy season. Um, and if he can do that, he probably um, he, you can see him take that next step. And, and then you'll really see what he could be um, at, in the NHL. And we'll see. And it, part of what you said here as I we move on to their number two prospect is Martin Fahervery. 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 See, if you say it real slow, then you wrap it up. You sometimes get it right. Uh, 20-year-old defenseman, also from the same draft. He was their second-round pick. Uh, he's still on the prospect ranking only because he hasn't officially been named to the Capitals roster yet. I'm assuming that that could happen soon. <laughs> they got some moving and shaking to do still, so maybe this is one of the reasons why this will help with their cap issues, I guess. Um, he was the real deal and will be a Capitals regular very soon, and we have no reason to change our assessment at this point. He has excelled at every level of he's played at and done well in his NHL games. His elite level skating continues to impress. He's been very responsible on the back end and a key component to the penalty kill this season for the bears. He was also called up to the Capitals summer training camp and played in the postseason game. He was the number two in our last year ranking. He remains that position until he gets called up officially and is taken off altogether. 
I mean, this guy sounds like he's been at the top of the prospect pool for a few years, and he's starting to get in with the ground floor of the Capitals. With their cap situation, I, I'm assuming he'll start the season with the team. See, I, I don't know that. I, I think in, it, ideally for the Caps, he would. But with what they have on defense, they already have seven healthy guys. And I don't believe any of them are on two-way deals. And with signing Justin Schultz and adding Van Riemsdyk, I think he starts in the well, if in the AHL, if it's if the AHL actually happens, but he's probably your first D man on that taxi squad. And if one of those seven guys goes down, um, I think he's your call up, and he might slot into the lineup for a guy like Siegenthal or maybe Van Riemsdyk. Um, but I think the the Caps are kind of foaming at the mouth for this guy to get there. They're just a little hamstrung with contracts. Um, and maybe they don't quite trust him just yet. Um, but I think we're going to see him playing uh, at the NHL level uh, this year. You think they want him to earn the spot and not be given it to him? That's that's why Van Reeves like was signed and what have you. Yeah, most likely. And I think with this season, because it's so condensed and you're going to be playing so many games, injuries are going to happen on defense. They always do. And I'd like, I think they want him to come in, compete for a spot uh, maybe work on a few things in his game, and then maybe a quarter of the way or halfway through the season, um, he might be a mainstay on the back end, no matter what happens with uh, injuries or, or, or other guys that are that are currently slotted in their top seven. And finally, their number one rated prospect is Connor McMichael. Wow, nice Anglo-Saxon name. Um, <laughs> 19 years old, center, 2019. First round pick, which was 25th overall, it's no surprise that McMichael continues to top our latest rankings. Simply put, no other prospect is moving the development and upside needles more than McMichael after watching 24 of his games with the London Knights this season and all of his games at World Juniors. A common thread emerged from the game broadcast as opposing team announcers consistently mentioned how McMichael had improved over the last season before we started day-to-day tracking and analysis. A sizable statement considering he went in the first round, 25th overall last year's draft. As for the games, yeah, that's true. That was just last year. As for a game's analysis, his hockey sense in the offensive zone, particularly around the goal, and general confidence stands out the most, closely followed by his lightning quick release ability to read the play, net front presence, and shot accuracy. And ready for this? He also plays defense. The biggest question right now is where he will land for next season. Europe's currently the best option as he's still too young to play in the AHL. wonder when they're ever going to change that silly rule. But um, I guess it keeps the other leagues afloat. Right. Um, yep. But, yeah, so he, this, it's a shame because uh, seems like they made a good pick late. Team that's uh, always in the playoffs like that, getting guys late, it it's, could be troublesome. And it sounds like he's going to step in. And, you know what, from there – well, here, I'll switch over. You tell me your thoughts on McMichael. I, I love him. I, I liked him in last year's draft, too. I think he's developed very nicely for them. Um, they're just kind of I, I think his biggest thing is get it, filling out his frame, um, getting a little bit bigger to play at, at the NHL with, with the men that are in the league. Um, if he didn't have to go back to juniors, uh, I'd and making the team out of camp was a possibility. Um, I'd say he's, he's pretty close to NHL ready. Um, he'll need to add a few pounds here and there. Um, but I think, I I actually think playing in, uh, juniors would actually hurt his development. I don't know that there's anything really left for him to do. Kind of like when we had TK and Provorov sending them back to juniors, what were they really going to do and prove there? He's already had a hundred point season. 
Um, unfortunately, I think it's going to have to happen, but I love McMichael. I think he's a top six uh, forward. And if, if he doesn't make camp out, make the team out of camp this year, which I doubt just based on their roster um, next year, he should be slotted in for a, a third line role and potentially move up the lines uh, as the year goes on. Yeah, and he's looking really good for us. You know, we'll we'll just get into it because this team's getting older and they needed to hit on some guys. And they're top six right now. You got Alex Ovechkin at left wing there. He's only got one year at not just over nine and a half million dollars. We'll see what happens with that. I think he'll be back, but we'll see. Uh, Nicholas Backstrom coming off that recently signed five-year deal, $9.2 million a year. Uh, TJ Oshie's up there, five years, 5.75. Um, Jake Verana is going to need a new deal after this year. He's, but he is at 3.3 um, and a half. So that's not, it's not like he's making nothing. Uh, Kuznetsov is five years, 7.8. It's a pretty good deal. Tom Wilson at four years, just over 5.1 per year. I thought this deal was silly then. I think it's still kind of <laughs> silly now. I, I agree. I, I, I think the top, everybody gets paid. I get it, but he, he didn't even play. <laughs> Like he missed like a fourth of the playoffs because of suspensions. Like I get I, it. You, I mean, you worried about the guy. You worried he hit you. You got to skate with your head up. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's changing a lot in the NHL. But I don't like his deal. And I got to be honest with you. I, I think Kuznetsov is overpaid. Um, I like his game, but 7.8 for five more years. That's that's a tough pill for me to swallow. Um, he's a good player. He, yeah, like to, to me, he doesn't put it all together to to make that money. He's he's put up some points, but how much of that is really getting to play with Alexander Ovechkin on the power play or some of the other forwards around him? I mean, Verana is one of my favorite players on this team. Um, I, I think he, like five on five scoring, he was unbelievable last year. Um, but for me, Kuznetsov and Wilson – I don't want those contracts on my books for four and five or five and four years. Um, yeah, I think they're, they're going to be in some trouble. Yeah. And I, it just, I saw a stat at the time when Wilson signed his deal and it was like, they showed his playoff stats, which isn't really that fair to him, but he had like 13 points or something, you know, and that was a full playoff run. Like they won the cup in game six or five or something. So it was like yeah. a full playoffs. And he was he's making five point one million dollars as a deal he signed. Where they showed, um, oh god, what's um, St- Eric Stahl, who had I think he scored like forty goals uh, for <laughs> Minnesota his first year there, and he was making like two million dollars or three million dollars yeah. or something. You know what I mean? It was just it was just stupid. It was just dumb. And it's biting them, as you've seen. Part of the reason what they've fallen from grace is because of deals like this. And they're not bringing in guys with talent. And we always say if you're going to have a guy on your team like that, he's got to be able to play. And we're seeing more and more that Wilson, he can kind of play, but not really. You know, he's, he's no he's no Wayne Simmons in his prime or anything like that. Um, and it's just – I'm sorry, but like – so I guess he signed that deal. It was a five uh, – six-year deal at 5.1? Is that yep. right? Yep. Jesus. My God. I mean, uh, their, their contracts are, are pretty brutal. Like, I love Nick Backstrom – but he's 33 years old, and he's got five more years at 9.2 million left. I mean, that doesn't feel like it's going to age great. T.J. Oshie, really nice player, but 
he's got five years left at five seven five, and he's thirty four. I mean, this team is if they don't win a cup in the next two to three years, they're in huge trouble with this with their cap. Well, let's look and, at uh, their defense real quick to show how much more money they got. Yeah, yeah, up. please. John Carlson, six years, $8 million per. Orloff's three years, 5.1. Brendan Dillon, who they just re-signed, four years, 3.9 is kind of a low number. I just didn't think he was any good. Uh, I thought he was. Especially yeah. with the Caps. Yeah, to he me, he's just a guy. Uh, San Jose. Um, yeah. uh, Justin Schultz, two years, $4 million a piece. Uh, I know he's got a couple of cups under his belt. He's a very one-dimensional defenseman. Uh, yeah, they're obviously saving money on goal tending right now. It's not even a million combined between uh, Samson off at 925,000 and Anderson, who signed a PTO, which probably be league minimum, I guess. I don't know. It's up to them. Um, that's where they're saving all the money right now. But yeah, they're going to do what they can this year. But next year, they're at, they're over right now by a little bit. Next year, they're going to ha- they're not going to let Ovechkin and Verona walk. You know, nobody else is a free agent. So what, what, how are they going to resign those guys? Is, is Ovechkin going to play for the same exact amount or less? Is Verona going to play for the same or less? I, I doubt that. So I mean, you got to you, you factor in a raise for Verona, especially if he does what he did or builds on what he did last year. And Ovechkin, like, is is a 36-year-old sniper worth $9.5 million? Generally not. But have you seen anything from Ovechkin's game that says he's going to slow down at any point? Like, Maybe he's a step slower, but he still scores at a, an incredible rate for a 35-year-old or even a 30-year-old for that matter. Um, this is probably his last NHL contract, depending on his years, but uh, most likely he, this is his last big contract. To me, he's going to want the same or more, and I can't blame him the way he's putting the puck in the back of the net. Like They're in a lot of trouble moving forward. Like Brendan Dillon, nice NHL defenseman. For $3.9 million, I don't hate it, but do I want him for four years? Meh. Orlov, he's got three years left. Eh. I mean, Carlson, eight mil for six. The way he scores, I'm fine with. I can live with that one. But, man, they're in trouble. Yeah, I mean, we haven't uh, – luckily for them, their bottom six and their last defensive pa- pairings, like they're not really attached to anybody too long-term – um, and they can move some of these young guys in to you know, take up some spots and save them some money. Um, Connor Sheary was a pretty good value. Uh, I think it was only 735000 for one yep. year uh, with the speed that he brings. And uh, they also have um, – who's the other speeds that they have? Carl Haglin. Haglin. You know, they, they got guys like that will at least give your bottom lines fits. Um, but like, like, do, you want, do you want Carl Haglin for three years at 275? He's got three years left on that deal? Yeah, and he's 32. No, I thought he was a one-year deal guy. I thought he was making more. I thought he was in the one to two mil range, but I thought it was one year. I mean, oh, that's, nice player, that's, but going to look like an anchor to how much money they're going to have to free up. Yeah, he's going. They're going to have to move him for something. But, but who's, who's, who's taking that? Uh, a rebuilding team, if you give him a pick. Or, Yikes. You know what? Seattle's coming up. You look at this team. We just said that Seattle, if you're Seattle, you know they're going to protect the obvious guys. Yep. Who who are you taking? Do they? I, I think like guys like Wilson and Kuznetsov and Backstrom and you know they all have no movement clauses, so they have to be protected. Carlson. Yeah, I mean. Ball. So what do you do? You taking? I don't know. Orlov. <laughs> He's probably taking a younger guy or something. I guess. But I mean, like, you know, you know who could be on the hook is Verona. Oh, that would suck for them. That would be terrible. That would hurt. 
Because because the way the guys that they're going to have to protect, honestly, Verona Verona might have to get exposed. So you know what they could try and do is is what uh, Vegas was able to do. Maybe you you say to to the Capitals, throw me uh, throw me your first round pick, and I won't take Jakob Verona, but instead I'll take uh, Dmitry Orlov off your hands at five point one or. Uh, uh, Lars Eller at three and a half. That might be what they have to do. Uh, otherwise, yeah. Verona might be might be at risk of getting uh, getting taken. I'm really curious now. That's chronic. They're gonna get. Yeah, it, it, they, this team can't afford to be giving up draft picks either because they have to like replenish right. and they don't have a ton there. They're really hanging on. This team at some point in the next two, three, four years, they're gonna it drop like an anchor. I'm telling you, they might have some good players. Samsonov might be really good. But they're going to lose a majority of this team. Backstrom's older. Veshkin's going to eventually retire. Oshie's getting older. If they lose, God forbid, they lose Verana. Kuznetsov isn't, like we discussed, really the same as good a player as we thought. Tom Wilson isn't carrying no team. Like, you know, it's like I don't see where it comes unless they make a mega deal or something. And they're not going to save any money on Veshkin. He's talking about going back to Russia. You think they're going to lowball the guy? Ain't no <laughs> way. Ain't no way. Yeah, so, they're, they're, yeah, every single the top six, all six of their top, all of their top six defensemen are 29 or older, with Siegenthaler being the exception at 23. Like the age is going to catch up to this team sooner or later. Wow. Well, as I was saying, like, OK, maybe they should still be ranked up there for this year. I don't see why. I see a lot that I like, but it's no different from last year. Uh, I think they. Got it. They lost a little bit on D. They definitely lost some grit. Not that I'm that means the, anything to me that much in this day and age. Um, they got more. They got more offensively skilled, which is probably a smart move based on how their team is built. Uh, guys like Schultz can really move the puck. Um, and Gudis was just just not good. Um, <laughs> if Sam, That's a very Samsonoff, succinct way to put it. Yeah, Samsonov's going to have to come in and just be the guy, and he can't really. And look, he he looks he looks good, but we've seen guys come in before that are touted as that next that next franchise goalie, and it doesn't always work the way you think when when you're up and there's that all that pressure coming in as a backup um, and, and kind of getting eased into it is one thing, but you're coming in and you're like you're the guy, so it'll be interesting to see how he how he responds to that. Yeah. Um. And if he luckily it's only a 56 game season, so he doesn't have the gear up for the full 82. Uh, but I just there's a lot's gonna have to go right for this team. And then if you got a coach that's really trying to milk every last ounce of them, I, if anything benefited by the shortening of the schedule, it's them. But it's not gonna help how compact the games are. Yep. Uh, and you're gonna have a lot of back to backs and you know five games and seven nights and things of that nature. You're gonna need depth. And they don't have a lot of depth, and they don't have a lot of taxi squad guys they can call up who are gonna, outside of a few prospects we mentioned, they're not. I don't see a whole lot of help there. And when they're that much older, you may they could be a hit with an injury bug. It could really derail their season. Um, if all things go right for them, everybody stays healthy, everybody brings back what they've been doing over the last couple of years, and they're right back there at the top of the division. I, they definitely don't run away with it by any means. They're, that that team no longer exists. Uh, but they're still a good, they could still be a good team. Uh, if things go wrong for them, they get hit with the injury bug. Guys get old and they sink, and they're the fifth team in the division. Um, what do you think of their odds this season? If they hadn't hired Lavi, I would say you're looking at 
them and maybe they're, you're looking at them as a fringe top four team in this division um, with just as much chance to miss the playoffs as make it. Um, I think Lavi gives them that boost to put him in the playoffs, but he's going to have to he's going to have to manage a roster that's that's older, um, that's not very deep. Um, and really, there's not a, a lot of help on the way immediately. And if Samsonov were to go down, uh, this team is going to fall hard or, or any one of those. If Carlson goes down, that defense is going to be really rough. Um, they're an injury away from missing the playoffs. Uh, so I still think they make it this year. I'm going to say they're they're probably one of those teams that starts out maybe a little bit hot and then the grind of the season catches up to them. Um, I'd put them right around three, four. Um, I think ultimately they'll make it, but I don't think it's going to be a cakewalk. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to say right now, my rankings for this division, and this is off the top of my head. I haven't you know broken down the numbers but just from doing these, you know, deep dives, and we'll do some good ones. The next two we got left are Pittsburgh and the Islanders. Um, I'm, I think Boston will f- get Chara back, and I think they'll probably finish at the top. It'll be close though, and I think it'll be the Islanders. Then I think it'll be the Flyers. Then I think it'll be Washington. Then I think it'll be Pitt, Buffalo, Devils. Uh, I'm sorry, Pitt, Ra- Pitt Rangers, Buffalo Devils. Yep, that doesn't. I mean, that seems to be maybe the Buffaloes ahead of the Rangers, but I mean, I, I really, I don't, I don't know. I think that's it. That's only because they added Taylor Hall, but that's pretty interchangeable. Close. I think, yep. I think the Flyers could be interchangeable with Washington, or they could be interchangeable with the Islanders. Um, same with you know Washington and Pitt and so on and so forth. But I think that it's going to be. I don't think one team I had ranked at five is going to be one. I don't think Pittsburgh's doing any, you know, winning this division by any means. I don't either. Yeah, so I, I don't think uh, the Rangers are going to be the third-ranked team or anything like that. So, like you said, though, injuries will change a lot of things. Just what we've seen on paper, that's what I think. And the future, it's not exactly bright for this team. There is no stud prospect. Maybe you consider McMichael. I think he's just their top guy. I think he looks good. I think he looks like a first-round pick who's going to pan out. I don't know if that makes him a superstar by any means. You know, like yeah, I think if, Bill Farabee's better than he is. Like And, like, is Farabee going to, like, be the – guy on the flyers one day probably not but he's still a really nice player i don't think they have that prospect who's going to step in for ov and half their other guys i love big michael but if you put him in another prospect pool that has a, a lot more depth he's probably he's i would say he's safely in the top five but is he going to be your number one i don't know uh the the caps prospect pool is ranked in the bottom five pretty much by any outlet you read so like let's let's not go crazy over over a guy at the top i mean i still like him but he, like you said he's not the second coming of ovi and gonna solve all the problems once he gets this lineup yeah and it wouldn't surprise me if they're a team who's in danger of missing the playoffs but still like like they're okay but they're if they're not careful with how good the division is they make a move and they, they're giving up future assets to add to their team now if they can make the money work um yeah because you see they got to milk it with everything they can out of what they have left and that's it there's not much of a future for this team so when they (laughs) fall off they're going to fall hard and they're going to be down for a while unless they get lucky and get like a superstar in like the third round or something like that like 
I just don't see it happening. So yeah, they're Lobby, they're gonna, got his Lobby's got his three year window. Yeah, that, that's what it is. So you're gonna see something this year. I think they're really gonna try something next year, depending on what happens with their finances. And then I think you're really gonna start to see them fall off player wise, money wise, and depth wise. Yep. Agreed. So, um, yeah, I mean we're just over an hour there. Steve, you got anything else for today? Uh, at the moment, I do not. That was a great discussion, and you know, it's funny. You 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 know about these teams, uh, and you know about the top guys, and then you start looking at things, and it paints a little bit of a different picture. And I don't feel quite as bad about facing the Capitals as uh, as maybe I did before we started this discussion. Yeah, and it's their top guys don't get going, then you should we should be all right for sure. Agreed. Yep. Um, do you have a surprise for me, Steve? All right, so normally this isn't something I talk about because it, it's it's more on the uh, – I don't like to go away from the NHL, but maybe because I have him on my fantasy team. Um, Russell Westbrook, they were talking about the, the Wizards have a back-to-back this weekend, game two, two and three, and he's already sitting out for rest. Now, I had to get your thoughts because this just irked me, and maybe it's the hockey player in me or the, the mentality, but – could you ever imagine Jake Voracek or Claude Giroux or Kevin Hayes coming in? Uh, Kevin, let's let's use Kevin Hayes, the big free agent acquisition last year. He came in last year and said, you know what, coach, I, I can't play back to back. So uh, I'm going to have to sit out one of them I'm making seven mil. And, and Russell Westbrook's making, what, 35, 40 mil a year. Could you ever imagine that? Like that that's one of those things. You talk about something that grinds our gears, that grinds my gears. And just seeing that just. I just get I get angry and I shouldn't. But you know what? It, I think it's the player in me. I just I can't grasp that you're you're playing an, an NBA game. You're not playing a hockey game. Guys hitting you. When I saw that, it just it bothers me. It really does. You know, it, I, it makes me think of uh, I heard Mitch Williams on 94.1 and they were discussing like a guy staying out because of an injury. And he was injured. and He would play injured. And he said, I, I just I felt like I was stealing money. You know, like if I could get back <laughs> as soon as I could get back, I would get back. Yep. There's guys, they, they have, you know, a blister on their the back of their ear and they'd be out for, you know, a month. And it's, <laughs> I couldn't do that. Like I was stealing money. And you know what? It's a mentality. You, you know how it is with basketball. Those guys are the absolute stars. They run the show. Look at James Harden with the crap he's pulling, throwing yeah, basketballs yeah, as teammates and purposely going in the strip clubs during COVID to get himself traded like a complete whining baby. Like there's a whole different mentality between that sport and this sport. And it's one of the reasons I like this sport that much more because men play this sport. That's, <laughs> you know what, that's I mean? what I was going to say. That's why NHL is, is tops for me because these guys, they'll like look at the guys in the playoffs with the injuries that they're playing with. Um, like they can barely move and they're still out there every shift blocking shots and everything. And back end of a game two and three back to back. I can't play. I got to rest this one. Could you imagine if a player took a puck off the face or, or not even, not, not even that severe, just like something, some kind of like last small laceration to their face. And they came out wearing the face shield that the basketball players, <laughs> like these, <laughs> these guys come out, their faces are stitched up. They're bleeding still. They're black and blue, they're swollen, and they play. And, and the they're not moving out of the way of a puck. Yeah, yeah, exactly. These basketball players, they're resting. They're, they're the littlest thing, they're hurt. And yeah, they're all grown-ass men. They could handle me if they had to. But their <laughs> mindset, their mental state, they're they're just big boys. You know what I mean? Where hockey players, you got to be a man <laughs> to play oh, hockey. Yeah. Even in the day of this skill, 
you're not paying attention. These guys are so big and fast. You will get absolutely rocked before you even knew what hit you. Um, yeah, and it's it's pathetic. And it reminds me of like Pat Neshek, how he I think it was Pat Neshek. He would he would never he pitch could, back yeah. to back. Yeah, it couldn't pitch and back. I'm to like, back. so your your team needs you, and you're not going to pitch back to back. Like you're pathetic. Like, and you're pitching one inning, throwing like 15 right? pitches. You got like starters who'll pitch, and then like if it's like the World Series, they just pitched like seven innings the night before. It's like, yeah, if, if I have to go in the eighth or ninth, I'll go. Again. Yeah, yeah, and he's just like, no, I, I pitched yesterday, I can't pitch again. Can't, Are you can't. like you're that seriously worried about getting hurt that you'll you're a detriment to your team? Like that, it's so pathetic to me when you consider one, he wasn't really that good, and two. <laughs> They, how much money they make to do so little, yep. you know, and it's just, it's, it's a joke. I hate that. It's, um, it's pathetic and, um, they're going to get away with it because they're super, they're the absolute, they're superheroes in that sport. So they can do whatever the hell they want. They'll bitch and sure. moan and cry. They can't, they want to play together. Then they can't play together because they're, 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 it's the most egotistical sport out there next to wrestling, which is fake. <laughs> UFC, you know what I mean? It's like egotistical wise, like UFC, the NBA, you know what I mean? Like, you know, the, the way they talk and how they think about themselves, and it's a, it's a joke. Uh, I, had, I had to toss that one out there just because uh, I saw it, and it, and it annoyed me. I, I knew it would annoy you, so not to give the NBA any more talk, but I had to throw that one out there. Well, if you want to shit on them, that's fine with me. <laughs> I'm still a Sixers fan, don't get me wrong. But. Uh, of course, but that's the distant fourth as far as the top four go. Yeah, I mean, when you look at some of their players and how they they act, even Embiid a little bit, like he gets told yeah, something and it's like, oh, if I'm not having fun, it's like, can you imagine a Flyers player saying something like that? Yeah, yeah you'd be uh, you'd be running Roast, out of town. Roasted and rightfully so. You know yeah, what I mean? Pro, like, pro Rob's on. playing. Pro Rob's in the playoffs with one shoulder. They yeah. ask him if he wants us to stop playing. Nope, he plays the whole playoffs. Doesn't miss yeah, a beat. What's wrong? Uh, I'm not having fun. Are you serious? How much <laughs> money do you make? Because Provorov makes what six something a year. How much yeah. does he make a year? Like thirty, thirty-five. And happened? Does he play all eighty-two games? God nope. no. Like come on, man. Like give me a break. It's there. Mm, I can't. It's part of the. It's part of the reason I don't like basketball nearly as much as all the other sports. Same here. Same here, my friend. Well, that was good to shit on a little bit of basketball there. Um, guys, that's uh, that's pretty much all we got for you this week. Uh, we'll be back next week, possibly with a special guest, Flyers Hall of Famer. He's been on the show before. Uh, Brian Prop. Wow, the propster might be back with us. We'll see. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll get the details about that just to get ready for the Flyers uh, season, maybe a season preview with a Flyers Hall of Famer. Um Guys, other than that, don't forget to check out our other shows, our main show with myself, Jimmy and Kyle, Storytime with Derek Settlemeyer, Brightside with Josh Bright, Forcer's Corner with Kyle. We have our website. It's hwwebsite at hwhockey.net. We're also on the Full Press Coverage app. Don't forget about our YouTube, High and Wide Hockey YouTube channel, home of HW on the fly. That's it, fellas. See, or people. Sorry, I do that every time. (laughs) That's it, people. People, human beings. See you next time.